This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners. Welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence, where I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass, and I'm here today um, with someone who um, I think you may have heard about him before. Maybe you haven't um, because he is on the other side of the fence. We still operate in the same industry called insurance. But one's exclusive, which we like to call captive. One's independent. Is one better than the other? Depends on what side of the fence you're on. So they're both good because we're helping people, right? And that's what's important. And so what I wanted to do is not only going to find out that Craig is dynamic and and what he does, but I also love the different flavor, right? We every once in a while you go to that steakhouse and you always get that steak, right? That's that's this podcast. But then you think to yourself when you get there every once in a while. Maybe I want something different, right? And maybe I want, you know, the prime rib. That's what Craig is. He's the prime rib. That's what we're delivering to you today. But before we do get out there, I want to remind you of wegotyourpodcast.com. Wegotyourpodcast.com. We can take what I'm doing here and help you build authority inside niches. If you want to talk, you can go to wegotyourpodcast.com and not talk to me. Talk to the other podcasters who are out there. Look at Mike Fusco out in California, who just after four weeks or four months, excuse me, of having his own podcast landed two large tech companies out in California and Orange County that he has been trying to go after for at least four years. And he did it in four months by getting them on the podcast. Folks, this is how real it is. He's building authority and by exposing other people. That's pretty big. It's new. Think about that. And then last but not least, please go to AIBrainShare.com, AIBrainShare.com, because you need an invite. BrainShare will happen September 12th through the 16th in San Antonio, Texas. It's invite only, 200 people. Last year, it was 150. We've upped it 50 for this year because we understand that there's more people we need to invite because COVID has kept us inside for the last 18 months at that time in September. So I want to keep in mind, go to AIBrainShare.com. You can't buy yet, but you can go there right now and you can hit invite and put your name down. And I will personally call you to make sure that you're going to qualify to be with champions because that's what we are. So once again, we got your podcast.com or AIBrainShare.com. Thank you very much, Craig. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate the invite today. Yeah, man. Thank you very much for coming on. I greatly do appreciate it. And um, so, so, Craig, you said that you have not listened to the podcast before um, oh, because you're busy, right? And everybody got time for that junk, right? <laughs> I mean, shit, trying to do shit out there. I got you. Um, but here's the deal. I have a little bit of a, of a way that we're going to roll into this. And the first one is, if you're ready, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. The first one that I want to bring up to you is, is, are you an iPhone or a Droid user? iPhone. iPhone user. Okay. IPhone. All right. 
We don't hold that against people because if we did, we'd be holding 80% against people because most people use that. Um, pretty amazing. You know that new app that they have out there? It's called Clubhouse or something. I think it's yep. on LinkedIn or whatever. Like, yep. you know, it's only for iPhone users. So people like me on Droid, all the cool people, can't basically get on Clubhouse. And then I'm thinking to myself, how small-minded is this company considering that 80% of the rest of the world is droids? You must be just going after that American audience. So anyways, at least they know their audience or they're just really shallow-minded and they think the rest of the world has droids. Hey, you know what? It was rocking the other night when uh, when uh, Musk was on there. I can tell you that. Dude, I bet. I mean, I've heard of great things about it. <clears throat> I just can't be involved. I mean, what are they? In, are they in bed with Apple making me try to get an Apple? I mean, come on. What, let's go. I don't know, but the things he was talking about were um, some of it was pretty scary, to be honest with you. It was, it was very interesting. Those yeah. rooms were full. Yeah. And I love Elon. I'm a main man. But boy, I tell you what, he'll scare up fear worse uh, the, of all yes. the Republicans. He will. He just does. And I get it. He's so damn smart. He can't even remember his phone number. Craig, what's the last app that you downloaded? Uh, good question. Um, let's see. I can look. Yeah, go ahead. Please do. That's what we got. That's what we love. We it love was Sports Play. Who was it? It's an app I use to manage my son's basketball team. Oh, I've heard of those before. See, when I was, I have young, I have a 21 and 15 year old. So we didn't necessarily, we had like these new mass text apps at the time, but that's right. all it could do, right? That was 10 years ago. But no, some of these other dads that are my friends and they have younger kids, they're showing me some of these apps, which are impressive to keep everybody together. You're not having to make those phone calls. All right, practice has been canceled. Remember them days? Right. Were, were you part of those days? Well, absolutely. I mean, yeah. my, my son, my, both of my boys are 18 and 14. So and I've coached them all the way from five years up. And yeah, it, the, the technology to communicate with the team and the moms and everything is, is changed dramatically. No dramatically. Doubt. No doubt about that. I'm with you there. Um, I'm with you there. So th uh, that that's important. Now, what's also important is do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I hate to lose. Do you hate to lose? Why? I hate to lose, man. It's just it. It's just the way I'm wired, man. I mean, winning, I don't know. Winning kind of like gets complacent, to be honest with you. It's like you kind of get to the point where you expect it. And then when you lose, man, it's just a bitter feeling. But I will say that, I like the that. Losses, they drive me a lot more than the wins do. There's no question about that. It's just that pain, man. You don't want to feel that mm -mm. ever again. So you, you, I learned from that. And um you know, I try to say I never lose. I just learn. Right. So at least that's the way I try to accept that failure. But yeah, it, right. it, definitely, it drives me much more than winning for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, every football coach would tell you that on Tuesday when they come back from the Sunday game, it's always hardest to teach them um, when after they won. You know, they still have that uppity. But when you learn, because they're so competitive athletes, like they come in Tuesday like, dude, we got to learn some stuff, right? It's just in their blood. So you can definitely see both ways. There's two things in the world we believe here at Agency Intelligence got you to where you are. And if they were just these two, it would be skill or luck. Which one would you say has been a larger factor in your life over the other? Um, I would probably say I've been pretty lucky. I mean, I, I, I didn't come into this with a lot of skills, man. I, I had a relentless desire to be successful. Um, no education, no money, no experience, none of that. So I got pretty lucky uh, with some people that just gave me a, an opportunity. 
And um, I've had some things go my way, but, but, you know, at the same time, I probably positioned myself to take advantage of that look too, you know? So um, skill wise, that's, I don't have a lot of skill. I, I've, I've just kind of, you know, learned some things along the way and um, really just been kind of backed into a corner and didn't really have a lot of choice, but I didn't come into this business with a lot of talent or ability or anything like that. So I would probably have to say luck. Okay. I like that. I like that. I would say, I would say that more than me too. I mean, I really, you know, um, only me because I didn't go to college. So I knew my mom told me, if you don't go to college, you better learn. Cause you're still going to learn over the next four to five years. You've just chose to live, uh, to learn on your own with your own courses, you know? So one of the great things I like to say is that it's the best job in the world is being your own boss. And the hardest and worst job in the world is, being your own boss because it's tough. No one's there to tell you to get out of bed, just you and what you're driven well, for. Well, I'm like you, man. I, I Actually, I did go to college, but as soon as I found out that you could leave whenever you wanted and they wouldn't call your mom and your daddy, that, that was pretty much the end of college for me. So I lasted like six weeks. I'm literally in class one day, man. This dude just gets up and leaves. I'm like, man, that guy, just he just walked out of here, didn't ask for nothing. And they're like, man, this ain't high school. If you want to leave, you can leave. And I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. And I don't think I ever went back after that. So, yeah. I don't, Greg, I didn't, start right there for us. Start around high school. Start around high school and college. Tell us where you're born. Jump up to high school and college and take us to where you are right now in about five minutes so that the audience can relate to you. All right. I was, I was born in Alabama. Um, went, went to high school in Huntsville, Alabama. Started a little community college literally for just a few weeks. Bailed out of there. Uh, worked a bunch of retail jobs. Finally decided, hey, you know what? I think I want to give this insurance dealer try. My dad was an Allstate agent and he hooked me up with a local guy and, and I went and met with him and um, I had to take this test. I had to take this assessment. And uh, and at the, when we had the meeting, I didn't think it went very well anyways, but he gave me he gave me this assessment. I probably bought part of his job responsibilities, get these things filled out. And I took it and I scored low potential, low potential. And he calls me up and like, man, this ain't for you. And I said, let me take it again, man. Maybe I it was one of them you had to fill in the little circles with the pencils. And I thought, well, maybe, yep. maybe I got them, you know, mismatched or something. Maybe how could I blow this, this test? It was actually pretty easy, I thought. Wasn't really like any hard questions. It was really more about the kind of decisions you would make as an owner. And he calls me back and said, okay, well, you can take it again. I take it again. I score low potential again. And he's like, look, man, you just, you need to, you don't, you're not cut out for business. You need to go do something with your hands. You don't, you don't need to be in insurance business. You don't need to be in any kind of business at all. Um, but my dad knew the, the guy that ran the, the whole state. So I went and talked with him. I went over his head, went and talked with him and just basically talked my way into a contract. And the yep. guy, you know, he gave me an opportunity and that was 25 years ago this July, you know, so you know, I, I didn't have any money, any experience, any, any I, I didn't have anything going for me. Again, all I had was I did not want to lose. I didn't want to fail. And when I got started, I found out pretty quick. Maybe these people were right about my their assessment <laughs> because I was not I was terrible. I was like the worst. I was making terrible decisions, wasting money, running off people. I was not a leader of any kind. I wasn't even a man. I was just a bad boss. And um, I don't know how I got through those first few years. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't even remember what all I was doing in the beginning because it was so bad. But somehow I, I got through it. You know, everybody in my class that I went to the Allstate training with, 
they were all gone within 18 months except for me. Somehow I was able to kind of scratch and call through it. And um, where are you now? What's that? What are you? Where are you now? What's your What's your life look like? What's your agency look like now? Well, it's it's very different. I mean, we grew it to you know forty million dollars and all kinds of employees, and I've I've bought and sold locations, and um, now it, it just it runs pretty well. I got inducted to the Hall of Fame last year, so man, that's well, awesome. I've had my share of success. It's been pretty good. It's it's been a good ride. I, I have zero complaints, and frankly, I wouldn't do anything different. Because all those mistakes and all that that I struggled through, that put me in the position that I'm in now. And without that, who knows where I would be? And I, I may be in a totally different, but much lesser place. I don't know. So it all works out. I took the uh, Allstate thing back in 02, 01, right before I got hired in the independent. I got low potential as well. <laughs> then uh, like a week later, I went to a country companies, which is a direct writer here in Illinois, and I took their test. And I, I got low on it as well. And and the guy told me the same thing. He's like, Jason, you told me you took the Allstate. You've taken this. I mean, maybe it's, you know, this is just the time for you. Um, and so, you know, proved them wrong as well. But I've got to say, I don't know if I was the person they were looking for. Right now, even, oh, as I, even as I've developed as an independent agent, I'm thinking I'm such an anomaly that, yeah, I see now why they didn't want that. But hold on just a minute, because this is about me. I want to get to you. You said for the first 18 months, you were the dude that got through, right? I want to stop right there and say, why do you think you got through in those first 18 months? So much you could teach our, our young loyal listeners out here on that. But then okay. now here you are at 40 million, whatever, you've went through all this. About when was like the click, click, the flip switch, like, oh shit. I say this a lot, Craig. Life changes when you figure out how to make money. Like there was something around the age of 37, 36 for me that like I told my wife, I could get out of the insurance industry and I can make money because I know how to make money now. I just like this one because it keeps paying residuals, right? I mean, that, that's, let's be honest. What was that like for you, that first 18 months? And then when did the switch flip to get where you are now? Good question. I mean, for me, the first 18 months, I can sell, man. I can sell. And that's really the only, I was able to sell life insurance. I was ah, good one. $10,000 a month in life insurance commissions just to pay my bills. And you put me in a room with anybody and, and I could figure out a way to close them. So, you know, it was, again, it was just like that relentless desire to be successful and not wanting to fail with all the pressure on me. So I did what it took, man. I mean, I worked nights, I worked weekends. It was just anybody I ran into, they were going to be a life insurance prospect. So I got through those first few years without any renewals or any enhanced commissions or any of that kind of stuff by selling life insurance. And then gotcha. I started getting a little traction and was able to you know, start write a little bit of PNC because I figured a few things out with new home buyers and mortgage companies, got referrals. And I actually started doing okay. The, the turning moment for me was way after that, because I had, I had some success in there, but in 2008, my youngest son was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis in, in, in April of 2008. Okay. And, it like completely changed everything for me when I got that phone call from from the he he'd been having a difficult time keeping weight, um, his hair, you know, all just a lot of things. They had a lot of a lot of symptoms, and they they weren't sure what it was, and they, they finally just hey, he's got cystic fibrosis, and I didn't know what that was. I just knew that sounded pretty bad on the phone that day, so I started researching it, you know, and I'm finding hey, this 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 is pretty bad, right? And it just changed my outlook on everything because I had a staff at that time, but 
I wasn't treating them very well. I wasn't doing what, what needed to be done to help them be successful. And, and when this mm. happened to my son, mm. it, it just it turned everything on a dime and put me in a, in a spot where it's like, look, you know what? There's not a lot you can do for him. For really, there's other than get him the care. But you have all these other people that depend on you. And I need to do something different. You know, Craig, stop. stop. That was the moment for me. Stop right now. Stop in the name of love right now. Loyal listeners, if you just did not hear what he said, this is so powerful. He figured out he was a salesman. He knew he could sell. He couldn't make probably enough money to support himself. So adversity said, I'm going to do what I got to do. He started doing the life insurance. But holy cow, your son, and I and I'm sorry for that. That is, that is a hell of a story. And what a driving factor. You know, what a driving factor. But for this sake of this podcast, loyal listeners, I want you to hear what he said next. He realized that his staff, he wasn't treating them right. I can only imagine he's going to go into the importance of his people is what was going to help. And so we talk about that, Craig, so much on this podcast. And here for you to come in as a captive with Allstate, a Hall of Famer, doing it right, for you to say that that was one of your turning points, I'm sorry to cut you off right there, but I want to make sure that the loyal listeners heard that. So come, please continue on. This is fantastic, no, Craig. And, and you know, it was. You got to remember, this is 2008. This is not. This is not like the best time in the world. Mm. Be changing your business, right? So Good I go point. in that, that next Monday and have a meeting with them and explain how we're going to start doing all these things differently, right? I didn't tell them anything about my son. I'm just like, hey, you know what? We I'm, I want to approach this, and they're like looking at me like I got three heads because I'm I'm usually banging on a table for a meet, you know, and 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 it wasn't like that at all. And what was amazing is this is in April. Over that summer, again, 2008, middle of the financial crisis, we had one record month after another, after another, after another. And the best part of the whole story is in November, I get a phone call from my son's doctor and he says, hey, you know what? This last sweat test we did, they did a sweat test under his arm every so often to figure out how to treat him. They said this last sweat test came back inconclusive. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He says, well, we got to do a genetics test to figure out, you know, what's really wrong with him. And I said, OK, so it's not covered by insurance. It's going to cost you about four grand. I'm like, dude, whatever you got to do, we got to figure this out. So they do the test. Takes a few weeks, come back. Literally the week before Christmas, he calls and lets us know that he, he was misdiagnosed. He doesn't even have it. he's totally fine. He just had symptoms of it. So, you know, we went through all that Thank all those God. months. And man, it was just, it's just amazing. It still gives me chills now to think about yeah, yeah. what happened and why and the way things all worked out, not only for him and our family, but for my team and all the people that have come since then. And bro, that just that changed that changed the trajectory of everything. Guys, when oh you listen to this, I don't care if you're an independent, captive, whatever you do, when you care about your people and they know that you care about them and you're trying to help them accomplish the things that they want to accomplish that's where all the magic happens you can do all the accountability you want you can meet with them you can do all the training everything but when they know you care and they and there's and you're sincere about that and you're genuine and you try to help them accomplish what they want that's when you get everything you want times 10 and you sleep good at night and mm -hmm. you feel good about what you do not just for your customers but for in your agency a lot of people think your agency is your customers it's not your customers trust me it's your people that, that that's your agency and, and that's what's going to represent your whole brand and what you're all about and the way you are in your community so for me 
you know, I'm glad we went through that. I hated it at the time. I mean, it was gut wrenching and it sucked, but it was the best thing that, that could have ever happened for sure. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. And one of the things I talk about with The Great Separator, that's a book that I would love to put together. Um, I've been trying for the last two years. The problem with it is stuff is changing so fast, but it's falling in line with some of the ways that I'm thinking. I see a lot of times that The Great Separator is made up of many things. And one of the large parts of The Great Separator, which will separate agents and finally put them out of business, is you will not be eliminated by your customer. You'll be eliminated by your employees because technology is creating a different way to work, a more efficient way to work. When you have a more efficient way to work, you have more money in the agency. When you have more finances in the agency, it makes it a lot easier to help your people. There's other things we can do besides financial. But for instance, Billy Wagner, um, if you listen to uh, him, he was, I believe, loyal listeners. He was at the end of January, end of December, beginning of January. He says that uh, one of the many things, he's one of these people, has a $25 million independent agency, he had a 40 million, sold it, brought it back, and he does it all with his people. He pays their debt. So, like, if they pay off debt in their agency, he matches it. And so I said, so like someone can pay off like $20,000 in debt. He says, if they pay off debt, we match it. And the reason is, is he says, I'm just not worried about their retirement. I want to make sure that when they get to their retirement, they don't have any debt so they can actually enjoy the retirement. You could have the greatest retirement in the world, but if you can, if you have debt, you're not going to be able to do that. And one of his other things is that he wants his people to be able to retire when they want to, not when he wants them to. And I thought that that was really, really, really important. So what are those things? What was those? I mean, you came in, you were sincere. Sincere, you said you cared. Um, what were those things that that some of those things that you did to prove that to them? But real quick, real quick, Craig, before you tell us some of those things, what was it in your head? What was it with that phone call? What was it that back in April when you heard that diagnosis? that we hear people a lot say near those near-death experiences that they come back and they see life differently. Was it like that? What was it that made you not pound on the desk anymore and want to pound into their life that you really had care for them? Do you know what that is? 
Well, I, you know, for me, I think at that point, you know, you, you're you're running along. At that time, I was having a little success. I mean, I was winning trips and awards and make, starting to make some money. And, and frankly, I, I, just, I just think you kind of sometimes forget about what really matters. You know, you mm. forget about the things that that really matter in life. I mean, at the end of this thing, when it's all over, nobody's going to care how much money you made or, you know, how, how many policies you wrote or what awards. They're, all they're going to care about is that you make a positive impact on other people. And mm. I knew at that time that I was not doing that. I, I was not taking care of them in a way. And not that I was like responsible for, you know, their entire lives, but right. they, I had a position where, I did have a responsibility to help them develop and help them become the people that they, they truly could become. And when I saw, you know, Hey, here's a situation where, cause look, man, when, when you, when everything's good, when everybody's healthy, you don't worry about a whole lot. When you get a scare like that, you know, it's kind of like for the average person would be like, you're driving down the road, you know, and a cop comes up behind you with his lights on, you get all freaked out. And the minute he goes by, you're like, Oh, okay, I'm good. Well, it's kind of like that. Good analogy. You know, you're like, everything's fine. And then everything's not fine. Now we got a totally different situation. I know people listen, if they've ever had family or themselves had a health scare, it just mm. changes your world, you know? So it makes you just like stop in your tracks and think about what really matters and what you need to do different, you know, to, to change not only your life, but the people that are around you, maybe the way they feel about you, the way. They so I, I just I had a lot of self-reflection at that time mm -hmm. and just realized that, look, this is this is not this is not the way to do You're in, you have a much bigger responsibility and, you know, you, you have a you have a lot of um, ability to change somebody's life. So it was just a matter of getting with them and truly finding out what they want, like what were their specific financial, especially financial goals. And once I knew that, once they told me, like one of them, you know, wanted to get out of an apartment and get into a house. And it's like, look, I can help you do that. You know, I know I haven't been able to, I haven't really been there for you. I've been kind of like, I just threw you in the deep end of the pool and let's, let's see if you can swim or not. Now let's figure this out. You know, how much money do you need for that house? How much is the difference in the rent and the mortgage going to be? And we figured out together what it was going to take activity wise, not mm. just but activity wise, mm to get there now and we, we made this plan and it took a little longer than what we, we originally planned but she got that pouch damn know? right that's i wouldn't have done it at all if you didn't have a plan the plan may have been late but the plan happened yes that's right, that's right craig that's right you know what man people that are listening to this a lot of times with, with employees accountability is the most difficult part and and i think what happens is you, you make accountability confrontational and it's about the agency and the goals and the bonus or whatever if you start to truly have conversations with them about what they need and you put that plan together and they get off track on the plan now you're having a conversation about them and and, and what matters to them and it's not 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 about you anymore okay. and chances are whatever their goals are if you if you if you look at your agency goals and you look at all the individual goals the folks in your office and you combine and where they intersect it's probably going to be pretty close to what you want to accomplish right so this it's a much much better way to hold people accountable which frankly a lot of people struggle with and have for years and probably and, and and still do to this day in a significant way look at it differently stop making it a confrontation and make it a conversation about what you can do to help them and then if, if you if you go through all that and you still can't get anywhere with it, and you, you probably just got the wrong people working for you. Correct, right. Yeah. I, I think that's that's what made all the difference in the world for, for, for me was being able to execute on that 
And these people see that that I was very sincere about it. And we had a lot of success with not not everybody. Not everybody bought into it, to be honest with you. Not everybody responded the way I thought they were going to respond. Some of those people are not here today. That's OK. You know, but a lot of people, they did. And we have people that went from making, you know, 30 grand a year to six figure income, some over over two hundred thousand dollars as a producer because we were able to to develop those skills and, and create situations for them where they could have, you know, all the success. And it all started with that. So that, so that was it for me. So think about this, loyal listeners. And Craig, I'd love to get your feedback. Like, I mean, as I hear you and I sit here and think about this, something I've never thought about about our greatest assets of our business is that, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, that same person's working in an agency. They know that they're going to build up the, the IRA and going to be taken care of because Craig's just going to take care of them, right? We didn't jump from jobs to jobs. And, and maybe as kids in the workforce that we are today, we saw our parents in this longevity of a job and they knew though, they saw mom and dad retire and they had this pension, right? And they had something to take care of them. And then they've seen a lot of those who were laid off and that pension didn't really kind of get it. And so today it's like the workforce has done nothing but want to speed up when you're going to prove to me that I'm important to your business, right? It's the fact that I know you're in the 70s. I know you're there for me. You're contributing to my future. And when I'm done here, that's going to be the end and you're going to take care of me. Now today, I can't trust that that business is going to be there for me the whole time. So what you're essentially doing is upfront saying to them, you do matter to me. You do stick in here. I'm not only just going to help you in your retirement. We're going to start right now. We're going to get you in that house and get you out of that apartment. That means something to you and your family, right? That's almost like um, it goes back to this generation's like, uh, what is it? Immediate gratification. But in this sense, it makes justification for that gratification to say, I don't know if Craig's going to keep me around. My my friends have been fired five times in the last 10 years. You know what I mean? But it's you having that conversation. It's one thing I heard a friend say. He said, I'm tired of everybody, big corporations telling us that, hey, if you just work hard, you'll get yours. We've been proven over and over that doesn't necessarily work. Let's say 50% of the time it doesn't. So how do I depend on my security and knowing that you're going to make that commitment now before I start to work hard, if I work hard? you know, tying it to those goals. And I, I really, really love that. Wrong or right about that, Craig? I totally agree. And look, I'll take it a step further than that. I'll just give you, this is a real world example that happened okay. literally last week. Come on. In an interview, okay? In an interview, we go over standards and expectations for activity levels, right? We talk about non-negotiables. We talk about all the things they're going to have to do. So when they get here, they're ready to go. And we do a pretty good job of evaluating them and you know, peeling back the layers of the onion to figure out who this person really is so that we make a, a good hire when they come on. Mm -hmm. Right before we go to the comp plan, we ask that question. What is it that you specifically want to accomplish with your money? What are your specific financial goals? And I've got my hiring manager and his candidate in the office literally last week. And I asked this young lady this. Her name is Tina at that point in the interview. And, she, and I can tell she's kind of taken back by it a little bit. She's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, like really, like what do you want to do with your money? I know you want to make money. I know you want to you want to be able to you know provide for your family. But what do you want to do? And she gave me the same answer that girl gave me years ago. She says, you know what? I live in an apartment right now, and my kids can't go outside and play because of where mm. we live. And by the time I get home, it's dark, um, and they can't go out. So they're stuck in the house all day long. I got to get out of there and get into a house. And I said, you know what? We can help you with that. And I, I turned to Tyler. I'm like Tyler. 
Let's let's work on this plan. Let's get this comp plan out. Let's figure out exactly what she and I'm going through this. And as I'm going through it, she starts crying. Mm. She just breaks down. And I'm, I'm getting goosebumps, oh. man. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? What's wrong, Tina? She goes, you know what? I've worked in about nine different places, and nobody has ever told me that they care about me. Nobody's ever said anything like what you're saying right now in terms of what's important to me. And that just that means a lot. This is a brand new person. This, you know, she's going through licensing now. Hopefully she gets it through it all and comes on because I think she'll be an amazing asset to us. But but when you when you talk like that with people, I mean, th think about this. I've, I've only known her like 15 minutes at this point. Right. She went through the, the hiring manager, comes back and talks to me. And the, the impression that that made on her, she's probably 35 years old. It, it nobody had ever spoke to her like that. And guys, you have you have people that work for you now. A lot of these people work for you for years and you may have never spoken to them like that. Think about the difference in the dynamic and the, what they would do if they just knew that you were genuinely interested in what matters to them. And the ironic part about all of it is if you will do that, you get everything that you're trying to more than like you're going to get everything that you want. So, yes, it, mm -hmm. it applies, man, even to in today's world. You know, you've got to go through this part of the process with people and really take a genuine interest. Now, it's got to be a two way street, right? You can't just bring people That's in right. and do all these things for them and then just kind of sit back and expect it and become entitled and, you know, not give anything in return. It doesn't work that way. And we make that very clear. But if I've got someone's got the attitude, the drive and the work ethic and is willing to be coached and listen and, you know, work with us on that level, man, we'll give it all to them in return. And it's, and it's a great thing. So I think you, you got to make that part clear as well. But I think I think it's much easier to get people where you want them to go. And frankly, you feel a lot better as an, there's nothing more rewarding as a business owner than to see your employees accomplish the things that they want to accomplish. Totally and, and they never thought they could do it. Right. They come out of these positions, whether in manufacturing or retail or whatever, and they come in here, like I'm going to give this insurance thing a try. And then all of a sudden they just blow it up and run with it. And that's a really, really cool feeling. So I would just encourage people listening to this to, to think about that, not only with their current employees, but when you're interviewing folks, because you, look, you're, you have a lot of competition. They mm -hmm. got a lot of other places they could go. They got a mm -hmm. lot of other places they could go that don't require a license, that don't require the training. You're trying to get them to jump through all these hoops and take your opportunity. That one thing in that conversation, that could make the difference for you. You know, it might be discussing non-negotiables. We talk about that. No gossip, no steal, all these different things. We, we make it very clear. We don't put up with any of that. You never know what's going to appeal to that person. But when when they know you genuinely care and you're willing to sit down and create a plan to help them get where they want to go, that can make all the difference in the world. And a lot of them associate with loyalty. I was reading a book uh, by insurance nerds. Um Oh, I can't remember the book. I'm sorry, Tony and you guys who wrote it. Anyways, it, one of the things that he said that I thought was really good in there was that the way millennials um, in our generation of workforce today really look at loyalty. They said that they, they looked at their mother and their fathers and they seen that they worked there for 30 years at the same company and they were loyal and they got the gold watch, right? That person can come to you. You're even better and you're doing it right at the hiring, but that person can come to you in a year and expect the golden watch, right? Maybe it's expecting whatever that golden watch is to them. And, and, and a lot of people would be amazed to say, these people were loyal for 30 years and they got the golden watch. And in a millennial's thought is, well, I've been here for 12 months and I've been loyal. There's a difference there. The amount of time that they see at your office is loyalty. 
And people would say, well, that's the wrong way to look at it. Well, that's the way a lot of businesses look at it. They, they, they churn through these people and just see them as someone that could fit their, their mold at the time. And uh, that's why they're limited. That's why they're not all-stars with Allstate, dude. So did they, did they play up on that Allstate, All-Stars? Do they play up on that stupid shit? They probably do, right? No? I'm sure they do somewhere. Yeah, somewhere they do. Somewhere they do. Uh, we're an Allstate agent, so I'll just, I'll just beat them up. Now, I'm probably the enemy, right? I'm the independent agent that has the Allstate. All the other Allstate guys hate me. Um, even though they can broker record my business, I can't broker record their business. Like I, my hands are tied on all that stuff. Guy comes in, he says, man, I got a quote from Allstate. I need to get a quote from you. I'm like, yeah. well, they just eliminated one of those guys, you know, cause you guys have the advantage, but anyways, um, you know, so let's talk real quick. Your people were doing awesome. What are some of those plans that you look for them? Like this is, does it matter like this Tina lady, what were you hiring her for as an account manager? Do you, do you, what was some of those, those rocks, those big rocks in that comp plan that could give somebody some ideas of, okay, I've, I'm now interviewing, I'm now caring about them. But what was that comp plan that you brought over to Tina? If you could yeah, give she, something general. Sure. She, she's coming in sales position. Um, okay. We're specialized here. A lot, of, a lot of offices, they have people do everything and <clears throat> we don't. We have people in the sales, service, admin work, leadership, whatever. She's coming for sales. Okay. Um, our comp plan is a, you know, a base salary, you know, depending on who they're coming from, what their, what their, what their background is like, anywhere from 1500, 2500 bucks a month. And then a tiered comp plan based on the volume that they do in terms of their, their PNC premium, you know, going from three to 13 and a half percent, you know, on top of their salary. Gotcha. Um, that, you know, and, and they have a, in a good month, they can, they can make a six figure income. There's no doubt about that. So we, you know, we go through all that and then there's, there's some bonuses and things in there. And, and, you know, the thing about it is when someone comes in this business and they're new to, to insurance, they don't really understand it. They don't know True. what it means. You know, they don't know how hard it is to write a policy, much less a hundred or whatever. They don't know any of that. So you got to really, really spell that out. And what we try to do is we just take another producer, another agent's, you know, production report and say, look, this is what other people are doing here. You know, this is this is what they do all day long. I think it's really important to go over the activity levels that are required to make that happen. So, you know, the number of quotes, the number of phone calls, the the centers of influence that you've got to develop, whatever, all those things they need because they can they understand what that is. They understand what a phone call is. Right. So when you break it down daily in those terms, in, in terms of what they have to do specifically to make that happen, then you can start to get some understanding of what's going to what's going to be required in this position. And, and that will a lot of times weed out people that are not going to be able to do what you're asking them to do. When you start going over those things and you get some, you know, some negative vibes, you know, that's probably not going to be a good hire. So we, we try to do a really good job of that and, and to be truthful about it. You know, a lot of times there's been, been people with a lot of different companies where the managers are like, load this thing up and show you how you're going to make all this money. And it's mm -hmm. like, you're never going to do what they put in. So it's we true. try to be like really, really accurate, you know, and, and not pick out the best, not pick out the worst, but like somebody in the middle and say, look, this is what our average producers are doing. This is what you would, what you would do if you did the same thing. Now, if you did a little bit more and we've got a little calculator, that's, you know, Excel driven, we just plug the numbers around, whatever, and, and show them. And once they see all that and they understand what's really required in the role, you know, then we can determine all together if this is, you know, this is a good fit or not, you know, and, and that's just a, that's just the way that, that we do it. So we just try to make it really simple and break it down as to what they have. To, instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to pay you salary plus commission and you just, you just come in and work really hard and, and you're going to do fine. I think you got to go a lot because you're right. Look, millennials, 
Millennials, I think they get a bad knock a lot of times. I do too. Options. They have options, man. They can do so many things. There's typically, you know, very good with technology. They, they, they understand that their value, you know, everybody gets paid in direct proportion to problems they solve. They can solve a lot of problems because they understand a lot more than people that maybe are a little bit older, you know. So th mm. they have options. They got places they can go, you know, and, and I think you got to understand that. So the way you build loyalty is to, to be truthful and to truly try to work with them to help them accomplish what they want. And you know what? If they leave, they leave. You know, but I think I think that's that's the process you got to go through if you're, tr you're truly trying to build, you know, a world class team of people um, that excel at a, at a much higher level than an agency where everybody's just kind of going through the motions. So let's keep with this, people, uh, loyal listeners. As you know, Craig and I came with no agenda here. I, I really didn't see us going this route. I really didn't, but I had to. When an all star like you starts out, that I'm constantly hitting them on our people because we think our people are our biggest headache, and actually, you're your biggest headache because you're not making your people the main part. And so, when you say that, it's like time out. We got to talk about this. So you've got this. It changed you. It changed your agency. You've changed the staff, and now. You know, it's coming time where Florida, Arizona, Texas starting to look good more often than than where you are right now, right? And so what's your vision? How are we backing out of this thing? How are we leaving this great organization to these people? Or are you selling out? What's what's some of your ideas? Well, you know, I have a consulting company. I, I do a lot of consulting. And that, that takes pretty much 95% of my time now. I work with agency staff all around the country. and that's what I do all day. I'm on Zoom calls or, or meetings with them um, all the time. My team now, man, is it, it's pretty much a well old machine. I've got people in leadership, sales, service, admin, all the responsibilities where, you know, what I, I think what I've done a pretty good job of is I've been able to duplicate myself and delegate work a lot of times where, you know, it's hard, sometimes that's like one of the hardest things to do is to delegate something to somebody else that you feel like, Maybe it's not going to do it as good as you. But mm -hmm. when you teach people to do that and you start multiplying those roles, I would rather have three or four people running at 70 or 80 percent than me running at 100 percent. Right. So once once you start to do that and you, and you trust people and look, people are going to come and go. Sometimes you're going to lose some people. But right. if you build processes and systems and you train these people the right way, when someone does leave, chances are you got somebody else you can kind of plug into that position. Maybe you, you hire for the one that they just vacated and you keep rocking, you know. So right now it's it's a machine. It, it runs pretty much itself and, and does it at a, at a pretty high level. You know, will I, will I get out? I'm sure I'll get out at some point. You know, it'll just depend on maybe my mood that particular day when someone lays a contract in front of me. I don't know, but I'll, I still like that side of the business. I still enjoy working with my staff. Um, but the consulting side is certainly – um, that's what really drives me every day to be on. I, I love that part of to work with other owners and be able to see them have some success. A lot of the things that, that I struggle with and work with them on that, that, that really drives me every day. So I'm, I'm doing both, but I'm sure the day will come where, you know, I'll, I'll decide to just, just exit out of that and, and just focus on the consultant side. But right now I'm, I'm enjoying both of them. It's, it's just very rewarding to see people accomplish the things because we still got a lot of people here who got some things to accomplish mm -hmm. to be a part of that and to be a part of that journey and to see that unfold. That's, um, that's pretty special to me, you know?
Right. And I'm curious about this. Uh, one of my buddies, David Carruthers, talks about one of the things that lawyers do well is the way that they um, they make their firms. Right. They have these managing partners, these senior partners, these junior partners. And so never is an attorney ever wondering like, oh, man, if I'm going to get out, where are we going to get out? And I think that's one of the things that we do that we don't really look for. Right. Maybe we even work on our people. And then there comes this point in time where you're 57, you're 62, you're 49, wherever. And someone comes along and is like, hey, bro, you got a 40 million dollar agency. I'm willing to give you 80 million for it. And there's people like me that say, Craig, I'm going to smack you if you don't take that. Right. I mean, because it's like, dude, that once you said ain't no one going to go to to the to the grave and they're going to be like, oh, we need to make an extra big coffin for Craig because we got all this money we're going to take down there. Right. And so um, and then one of the beauty parts of having an agency that's to me is growing it, knowing one day I can sell it, not just for the money that I'm going to make, but I've had a great life. And I mean, I still got a way to go. But so far, my life has been fantastic. And when I sell it, I know it will be, I can't wait to pass that along to somebody, right? There's some 15-year-old girl or guy right now in the world that has no idea that they're going to own my agency at the age of 25, right? And they're going through life and they're frustrated, just like I was at 15, you know, getting in trouble, trying my ass off to get C's, you know? And the only reason I got C's is because my mom would beat my butt if I didn't, and I was scared to death of her ass. So it's just like, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So I, I, I do like that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do my best. You got these ESOPs that you can leave with your people. But when you start to get into that, that's a whole mess. And a lot of stuff's got to go right. I know a couple of people have done some, some ESOPs with like 120 employees and it's not turned out very well. I do know a guy that did one that turned out pretty well. But, but those are just some of my things that I think it's important. Anything that you want to say maybe about backing out? Anything else? Uh, you know, for me, it's always been about trying to invest to build equity and get, you know, get it to be as valuable as possible while at the same time, you know, trying to do the right thing for the people that are here. And, yeah. you know, I don't really have like a, a set date or anything like it really for me, because our, our world is constantly changing and, and, you know, the all state world is changing a lot, you know, and it's not really what it, what it was when I yeah. signed up. 25 years ago. Not that it's bad. It's not that it's bad, but it's different. It's different. And one day I'm sure that a button will be pushed. I'm like, all right, that's, I'm, I'm done. I've had, I've had enough, you know, that, that's, that, that's probably, that's probably the way it's going to play out. How old out. are you, Craig? How old are you? I'll be 50 in uh, November. Oh, some bitch. You're still young as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, by the time I'm 50, though, I'm going to be deep sea fishing more than I'm going to be in this office. I promise you that. Uh, that's just me, though. Everybody's got their dreams. So, yeah. So, Craig, wrapping up here, um, talk about, you know, throw your consulting out there. Any last minute things that you want to tell people? Um, any last nuggets? Maybe you thought you were going to get on here um, and you didn't, you know, you didn't say something that you thought you were wanting to say. What is it? Well, you know, I, I've, I've done a lot of these and I always appreciate the invite. I appreciate you reaching out to me and, and I always have a good time. Well, this has definitely been an entertaining one for sure. You do a really good job with it. Thank you. Um, and I, and I, frankly, I didn't have any agenda. I always just try to just try to bring value where I can, where I can help people. Um, if you're interested in working with me, you can reach out to me you know, anytime. You can you can go to my website, CraigWigginsCoaching.com, or you can you can reach me by phone. My, my cell phone is 256-520-6880. You can he gave it right to me. He, he was. He's not shy about giving out that phone number. I don't mind. I mean, I, look, I, I don't have to do the consulting side. You know, I do it because I enjoy it. And, and to work with people and to hear the stories – I remember, I'm totally honest, there was a guy that I started, I started this, this level of consulting in 2017. 
And in 2018, I'm at a live event, doing a live event. And I'm at, at our booth, and there's a group of people in front of me, and there's a guy back there in the back that's just kind of looking at me like he's got to talk, you know. And, and, and the people come up all the time, but he's, like, got a different look. So I make time. We get done with that last person. I go over there, and um, he said, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I need to talk to you in the hallway. I'm like, okay. So we go out in the hallway, and he's like, man, I just want you to know. I had talked with him the, the, the fall of 17, and I remember talking to him. He said, I want you to know you, you saved my life. And I'm like, man, I'm glad your business is doing good. I'm glad things are heading the right. He's like, no, no, you don't understand. You literally saved my life. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, man, the day I talked with you, he was really in a bad spot. He said, that night I was going to commit suicide. Oh, and, my gosh. And um, he says, I decided not to do it after talking with you. And he, not, he like never, he never became like a rock star, but – I was able to help him get through that time. And I remember what it was like. I remember what it was wow. like when I was new and going through that stuff, you know, and trying to figure out at night like where he's, he's got five kids, you know, so, so you hear all these stories about people that crush it and all, but to hear something like that, man, that just like mm. stops reading your tracks. It still gets me emotional today, you know, and that's, that's why I do what I do. And I, and I just, and I love it. I enjoyed doing it. Yesterday we had a webinar with, thousand people on there and and you know we, we got another one today and, and it's just that's what i love to do so no i don't have to do it i do it because i enjoy it and if you're struggling out there and you want help whether you're independent captive whatever there's a lot of things that apply regardless of what company you represent that we can help you with and, and get you through those things and and we'd love to do that so I'm, I'm more than happy to help with that but man i appreciate the invite this has been a great podcast great conversation and um we need to have you on on, on one of ours one day as well and talk to our group. I'm sure you've got, you got a lot of value to offer in return for everything. I think I do. I've taught, I've done 500 and some of these. I've learned a lot from some of the best like yourself. Craig, thank you very much. We're going to close up with two personal questions, uh, which I love to do, which as leaders are readers and readers are leaders, you are a leader. So you must be a reader. What are you reading right now? And this is actually, I'm reading it for the third time because it's just one of my favorite books ever. It's a uh, radical candor by Kim Scott. Never that book. Um, highly recommend it because it helps you identify what kind of leader you are, what kind of manager you are, and helps you um, think about the things that you do all day long with your people. And somebody always, need, you know, the, the, the goal of Radical Candor is to challenge people professionally while you show that you care about them personally. And honestly, the first half of the book is a little boring. Second half is great. And every time I read through, it's kind of like watching a movie. It's like you pick up something else. So. I would, I would highly recommend that book for sure. So I don't know if you get your kicks on Netflix, spend your time on Amazon Prime, or maybe you and your boo watching Hulu. I know a lot of us don't necessarily watch a lot of TV, but we always have that time where we try to shut down and it's like we go to that one thing to let our brain just go, right? What's yours? Cobra Kai and Yellowstone, for sure. Those two, I'm ready. I, you know, that's the bad thing about Netflix. You, you watch them all at one time. I mean, I got, now I got to wait a year to watch this again. You know, used to, you'd watch it like once a week. Now it's like, we watch it over a weekend. Man, when are they filming again? Yeah. So, um, you know, Cobra Kai, I'm showing my age with that one. But man, when I, you know, when I was growing up, that was, it is such a, for people listening, they watch it. It's so cool because they bring those characters back. Mm -hmm. You know, from that movie, the movies, movies in the mid '80s, like man, that's so and so. And it's funny because if you know, if you, if you know the story, 
Daniel was the victim back then, and Johnny was the bully. And now we're finding out this that was it was actually backwards. This is the other way around. Johnny's actually everybody reads for now. So I love Cobra Kai, and uh, and Yellowstone is just man. If you never watched that, it, it's it's hard to beat that show. You know, Yellowstone. That's not on. What is that on? Um, I think it's Amazon Prime. I think that's Amazon. Prime. Okay, okay. Because I'm, I'm curious about that. I've heard a couple people say that. And when I go to sit down to watch something because I need something, I keep forgetting about that. So I'm going to check that out. And Craig, oh, it's awesome! It's awesome. Craig, you are an all star. Just have well, thank just you. Just have to all state, and we do we do appreciate um, uh, what you do. You know. Um, Something you said as a consultant that you just do what you do because you do it because you see these results. It's those cha- it's those stories of saving people's lives. That's one of the things that we say here at the podcast is I do what I do because I do it for you. Um, these are grueling. They're grinding. But uh, it's people like yourself that I listen to. And it makes me reconnect to something I preach a lot. And other people have preached to me that your people are your greatest asset. My loyal listeners are tired of me saying this, but I would love to talk with the accounting heads and ask them why they make me put my expenses as a liability on my P&L because I should be able to put my uh, them as assets on my balance sheet because that's how much they mean to us. Um, and I really greatly appreciate you exposing that. You come with authority, right? You come with saying, Jason, here's who I am. Here is who I am now, uh, or here's who I w- was, and here's who I am now. Um, and so there's no one on this thing that can't listen to that. You may not be a 38, $40 million agency, but you're a $2 million agency. You're a $4 million agency. You're a $16 million agency. And these caring about people is something that does not, is not dictated by how big your book of business is. So there's things that you can listen from me at a little six, $7 million agency to him at a $40 million agency. And you can learn from those. I don't care how long you've been in this. And, and, and Craig, it's, it's, it's really, really been great um, having you on. And uh, it's been eye-opening, man. Well, I really appreciate the invite, man. I, I appreciate you reaching out, and it's good to talk to you. And like I said, I, I'd love to have you on with our group as well. I, I think that sharing ideas and hearing from other folks that are doing things at a high level is is a uh, is the way to go. So appreciate you having me on, and love to come back anytime. Hey, this has been Jason Cash. You know, it's Agency Intelligence where we gave you a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. He was Craig. We're out.